Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. People quite often will say to you, Man, that was incredible. That was really neat what you did for that person's life or whatever. Thank you, Mike. It's just, it was just God. You know, it's like... <laughs> what I try to do is just go... When people say, well, it was a great sermon, I said, thanks very much. God was really good, wasn't he? Because I know where the sermon came from. So do you. Is God. So there's nothing wrong with giving a person a compliment. But we don't want false humility... Let's face it, everybody likes to be liked. You want to be well thought of. Of course, in school, everybody wanted to be thought of as cool, no matter what form that might take. And you see the people who are devastated by rejection from the group they want to be a part of. It's always sad. So how do Christ followers deal with this desire? Pastor Mark will be teaching about this desire for significance that's built into all people. He'll tell you what the Bible's view of this is, how to find true fulfillment in this area. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Romans chapter 12 as he continues this series called Motivational Gifts. So, your worth can't come from what you do and certainly can't come from what we have. Here's one that's even worse. This is hard for all of us. If your worth comes from what people think of you, you're driven constantly by people other than God. Now, we all want people to like us. I mean, for sure. But if I'm driven by what people think of me, then really... Well, some of you remember, remember your high school yearbook? Most likely to succeed. Then you go back for your reunion. <laughs> and you don't want to even tell them what you, some people won't even go back for the reunion. Why? Because they were most likely to succeed. And in the world's eyes, they haven't succeeded at all. So we have to be careful in those three areas. And sometimes the enemy, the same thing. Well, if you do this and you fail, what will people think? Well, where does my worth come from then? Where does my esteem come from? It comes from one place. It comes from who God says we are. See, my worth doesn't depend on you. It really doesn't even depend on what I do or what I have or what other people think. My worth, my esteem, bottom line, comes from who God says I am and what God did for me. What did God do for you? Well, he took you 
Ephesians 2, from dead in your trespasses and sin, and what? Made us alive with him. Every single one of us. So how much does God love me? Wow. Incredible. I've got this huge list, but I won't go through it all. But just listen to some of the things that God says you are. Just listen to this. I'm a child of God. I'm Christ's friend. I've been justified. I've been bought with a price. I belong to God. I'm a member of the body of Christ. I have direct access to God. Now, that means, well, I've been accepted by God. Then I have all these other things. I'm very secure. I'm free from condemnation. I'm assured that all things work together for good. I cannot be separated from the love of God. I'm a citizen of heaven. Ephesians says we're already there. I'm hidden with Christ. I can find mercy and grace in the time of need. That's why I can go boldly to the throne. I'm born of God and the evil one cannot overtake me. When I go through trouble and difficulty, I'm sure that that particular trial will never overcome me, that God will always provide a way out of escape to me, 1 Corinthians. So I'm incredibly secure. Well, what if I just got laid off? I'm still secure because he's able to provide for me. Is that correct? Now, here's the third one, talking about significance. People say, well, if you're a Christian, you're not very significant. Are you kidding me? I'm the salt and light of the world. That's pretty significant. I have been chosen to bear fruit. In fact, I'm on the same vine as God. I'm a branch. I have a personal spirit-empowered witness of Christ. I'm a temple of God. How can you say I'm not significant? God lives in me. He lives in you. I'm God's workmanship, Ephesians 2.10 says, created for good works. I am a minister of reconciliation. That's my job. That's incredibly significant. So when you think of those, and I'm not going to go through all those. That wasn't my whole purpose. The purpose was basically to give you this one statement, this one line. You need to write it somewhere in your Bible. It'll always remind you where your worth comes from. Here, here it is, and I just put it in my words. God esteem or worth. Where does my value come from? It doesn't come from what I have. It doesn't come from what you think about me. It doesn't come from what I do. All of those things are important and whatever, but my bottom line, my worth doesn't come from those things. My worth comes from God because I belong, I am loved, I am adequate for anything God calls me to, and I am secure. And I call that God esteem. You want to raise your children with God esteem. They've been uniquely created to experience exactly that. They belong. We're a part of the family of God. Their love. God loved us before we even knew him. He laid his life down for us. We're getting ready to celebrate. They're adequate. You say, well, what do you mean adequate? Well, when we go through these seven keys, did anybody here get missed with one of the gifts? No. Every single one of us got a gift. And so we're adequate. And last, I am secure. He who began this incredible good work in me will finish it. That's my worth. Paul actually said many of these things. Why does Paul warn us then about how we think about ourselves? Well, because this. If I have the wrong view of myself in light of these principles, I will never be effective for God. 
Paul says, I want you to evaluate how you think about yourself. And by the way, we all have to do this quite often. Because there is an enemy that wants us to think wrongly. And we've all been raised in every kind of crazy background in the world. And you're going to see that some of you were raised in places where you felt you had no worth. Some of you ladies have been abused or whatever, or kids or all kind of... It's just hard for you ever to feel you have any worth. Then others, maybe you came from this incredibly rich background and had all these kind of things to you. And, well, you think a little too much of yourself. So we all struggle with these things. There's three ways to look at ourselves. We'll cover these three ways as we go through. Number one, I can look at myself with an inflated ego, too high. In other words, I overestimate how much I think I'm worth. And right by that, you might have just went write the word pride because that's an area we have to struggle with a little bit. Number two, I can have a deflated ego. I underestimate my value and worth. It's too low. We'll talk about that. Or, and this is what Paul says, I want you to evaluate it. He says, I want you to have this balanced thinking. When you think about yourself, I want you to think in a sober way or with sound thinking. That's what sober means, sound thinking. In other words, when you think about yourself and your worth, you think what God says about you. That's perfectly balanced. You think what God thinks about you. Not your background, not what you've come through, not what other people think about you, not how much you've accomplished. And not what you have, but what God thinks about you. So, let's begin with those and uh, turn your Bibles, if you will, to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And we'll take the first one, the first one, too high, an inflated ego. Now, why do we have to fight this kind of thinking? Why would we be push ourselves some of us have this and we all do from times to time we have this pride in us every one of us have pride we struggle with that if you have this outgoing personality and you're a leader you really struggle with this particular one and because of our sin nature we struggle with going ahead of God taking the place of God you see some of us here if something's out in front of us And there's a challenge. Some of us in our old sinful nature go, I can do it. I'll go for it right now. Never pray about it. Never think about it. We just head off into it. By the way, the reason we got in trouble where this comes from is because Satan did the same thing. Remember him? I, 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 I. I can be better than God. I am better than God. I can be worshiped. I, 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 I. Had an inflated ego. Thought he was better than God. Of course, because of that, that's why we struggle with it. So, uh... Some of us, in the back of our mind, well, we're more talented, we're more beautiful, our body looks better, we're more generous, we're more intelligent than those people are. We kind of do this to people. We look down on them. Now, not too often do we do that publicly. I mean, if you have a person that's an egomaniac and you hate them, 
So people catch on to that really quick. So they just don't say what they're thinking about you publicly. But they go, what an idiot. Now, all of us say that in the car from time to time when those people are whatever. I'm not talking about that. We're talking about people's worth. You go, you got to be kidding me. And we put these people down. We can put people down and not even say anything, and they know it. That happens in homes. I'll talk more about that with our kids, but be very careful. So, 1 Corinthians, starting in verse 26, well, it brings us back to think properly. Here's a question for you. How can I think like God thinks? If the balance for how much I'm worth is how God thinks, how can I think like God thinks? Well, I go back to what? The Word of God. That's why you're there in the Word of God. Because the Word of God tells me the balance. So I go right back to the Word of God. And the Word of God tells me, that's how my mind is renewed. The Word of God tells me how to think about myself. And it tells you how to think about yourself. Verse 26, brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standard, not many influential, not many were of noble birth, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. Now, as you look at that, you kind of think, well, is that really true? Well, it is, for sure. I mean, think what God did from the Old Testament to the New Testament. McDonald says this, God used trumpets to bring down the walls of Jericho. How much worth do you have? Well, I can walk around Jericho and blow a trumpet for seven days. And the walls came what? They came down. So already you see that the worth really wasn't in me. The only worth in me was what? My obedience. Blowing a trumpet isn't going to bring the wall down unless God said to blow the trumpet. But see, an egomaniac goes out and go, get the band, let's go. God didn't say to get the band. He said, get the trumpet. So that's what we have to be careful of. Not only that, Gideon's army started with 32,000. What did God do to it? How many left? 300. His ways aren't our ways. We're looking at it and go, okay, I got this figured out. I know how to do it. And we can go over and over and over again. All the way down to the, well, the little boy that came one day. Remember, Jesus said, feed the crowd. The disciples said, not a chance. Here comes five loaves and two fishies. Disciples, men of faith. That won't do it. Did it do it? It did it. So, I mean, the little boy gave what he had. And God used him mightily. He uses the weak thing, the foolish things, quite often. So if you're being used of God, <laughs> I won't say anymore, it's, it's enough. Because <laughs> we're all here, aren't we? He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. Why did he do all of that? Why did he do all these miracles? Why did he take one angel and just 185,000 people, gone? How can that happen? He did verse 29, so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. So if we think too highly of ourselves, 
we're actually giving honor to us and not God. Now, what does that mean? Well, we can have false humility. So you have to be careful, all of us. People quite often will say to you, man, that was incredible. That was really neat what you did for that person's life or whatever. Thank you, Mike. It's just It was just God. You know, it's like... <laughs> what I try to do is just go... When people say, well, it was a great sermon, I said, thanks very much. God was really good, wasn't he? Because I know where the sermon came from. So do you, is God. So there's nothing wrong with giving a person a compliment. But we don't want false humility. Hate false humility. Don't you? All this kind of stuff. It just... You just don't want it. Someone, one of the great Bible teachers, once somebody picked him up at the airport and he said something like this, Mr. So-and-so, you're an incredible, useful man of God and you're unbelievable. Had to be from London. And what a God just uses a magnificently, I'm just an old chimney sweep. Now, what do you expect that person to say back to the man? No, you're just as valuable to God as I am. Well, Basically, he said back, oh, you're chimney sweep, eh? Well, praise the Lord. Well, it'll take care of it, won't it? You see, we want somebody to come back and say, no, you're really important. Oh, I knew it all along. I just wanted to hear you say it. <laughs> so, have to be careful with false humility that we don't go there. Now, so if that's you tonight, we're, we're examining ourselves. Is your worth tonight... Your value of yourself too high because you put yourself almost above God. I'm the one that got this. I'm the one that got that. I'm the one that's doing this. Well, let's go to the next one. The next one is uh, a too low, a deflated ego. These people think not too high, but exactly the opposite. They're nobodies. They feel useless they feel inadequate. And that comes from being inferior, insecure, and inadequate. Now, where does that come from? Lots of ways in all of our lives because of our dysfunctional homes. But we deflate our worth or value often because we're listening to the lies, number one, of Satan, and number two, of others. Satan is always trying to deflate who we really are. He's usually coming to us and saying, and he uses fear to do it. You're going to try to do what? Well, but God opened the door. You know, we argue with him. But God opened the door for me. God didn't open that. You opened it. You go through that door. You're going to take that step of faith. You're going to fail. And so then we begin thinking, whoa, guess he is right. Remember, fear is the enemy of faith. So when I hear that, when I know obviously God's opened the door, I don't want to be feeling inferior or insecure because I already learned that if God calls me to do something, he'll, he'll equip me to do it. He'll stretch me to do it. The other thing that happens is Satan will say, well, you know, you're going to do that? Well, yeah, I'm going to do it because God opened this door for me to do it. Well, what, if, what will people think if you fail? See, I'm back to my worth now from who? 
from people, not not from God. I'm back to, ooh, what if I, what if I do? You know, we've had a good run of seven things in a row here. You know, God's been, I just tell you, God's, God's been very gracious to us in this church in the last uh, almost 14 years. Oh, we've made plenty of mistakes. But God's protected us from making big ones. Now, what's the danger of that? When God says to step out, do this, and we go, we're going to kind of protect our turf here. I don't think we want to do that. There's a little risk involved in that. We talked about this in our leadership meeting the other night. You see, when you, when you start operating in fear rather than faith, Satan's got us. Now, we're not going to be stupid, but we have to, we have to operate in faith. And by the way, how, how does faith come? You know the verse. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. Of God. So we're back to what God thinks about us again. In that leadership meeting, we mentioned a lot of neat things. Montgomery Wards. Anybody remember that day? Monkey Wards? Monkey Wards was taken over by basically Sears replaced it. Kmart came along and replaced Sears. Now there's two losers together. (laughs) What replaced Kmart? Walmart. What replaced Walmart? Target. You have to say it like that because it's... And, And how did all that happen? Well, in the corporate world, people began to be what? Fearful. Protect the turf. Not take steps of faith. So many of us, when we think we're successful, we have to be very careful because God's not into that. He always wants steps of faith. So tonight, if, if turn to Second Corinthians chapter, you're, you're close by, Second Corinthians chapter 10. By the way, can, can you instill in your children... Insecurity, being inferior, inadequate, can you? Can you do the opposite? Yes, you can. And we have to be very careful with that. I came across an incredible uh, uh, statement from the board of directors. This was a few years ago of Promise Keepers. He says this, Several years ago, my second son, Steve, tried out for the high school football team. One day he walked into my office and proclaimed, With great excitement. Dad, I made the team. I turned and said, yeah, but are you starting? When the words came out, guess what? Whoa, wrong statement. He says, Steve walked away crushed. At the time, Steve was a junior in high school, and I just assumed that he would make the team. I was so preoccupied that I didn't take the time to understand what was important to Steve. So what did he just say to Steve? Oh, cool, but you're not good enough if you're not starting. We have to be very careful with our kids. Every one of our kids are different. They're all unique. They're all gifted by God. They're all loved. They're all adequate. They're all secure. And they belong to us. We need to love them equally and encourage them to do what God needs them to do. Where does their worth come? Not because they're part of our family or we have this educational thing or we live in this kind of a home or dad's the pastor. That isn't where worth comes from. Worth comes same place my worth comes from. God. Make sure your kids understand that. Now, the second thing we can do is we can deflate our worth when we start comparing ourselves with others. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. We dare... We do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves, 
and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. In his teaching today, Pastor Mark taught about all the ways people try to find their personal importance. He also talked about why none of those man-made things are big enough to do the job. You then learned why learning about and embracing what God thinks about you makes it possible for you to live a fulfilled life with peace and joy. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, Pastor Mark will be talking about humility and the proper attitude to have when people praise you for using the gifts God gave you. You'll be hearing a lot about understanding that even though people's gifts might seem to differ in their importance, that all gifts are equally necessary for the proper working of the body of Christ. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series called Motivational Gifts. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world